you just graduated, got a job, starting to make some money, looking to invest. At least that's what a lot of my friends are. And a lot of people listening to the podcast, we're all around this age, 20 over, 30. Now we have some excess cash, we want to make some investments, prepare for our future, and hopefully leverage on compounding. I get it. But there is a fundamental difference between a bad investment and a scam. We're going to talk about it in these two episodes today and next week. And today we're going to start with how to avoid bad investments. Everyone's going to give you some sort of advice, but how do we be smarter than that? So good morning everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today's topic is how to avoid bad investments. So I think there are a few things that are very lucky if if you're born in Singapore. And one of the very lucky thing is that we have a pretty decent currency. We have a pretty huge currency and we have a lot of access to various financial tools because we are a financial hub of Asia and some say the world. You get it. What I'm trying to say is that because there are so many options, it's so easy to make in bad investment choices. Everyone is trying to market you something. There is always a sales bias, whether it's a digital or whether it's like a friend, a banker, etc. Everyone has a sales bias and it's, it's very, very tough to find neutral parties that are actually educators, right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I hope to be one, but even I carry my bias, but at least I explicitly put out my biases. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how do we avoid bad investments. And like I said in the opening of the podcast, that there is a fundamental difference between bad investments and a scam. But today, we're just going to focus on bad investments. Next week, you'll listen more about the scams. How do you spot a scam? And then you can see for yourself what is the kind of differences. So a bad investment, i got to define it, right? So a bad investment essentially is an investment decision that do not meet our financial goals. And to me, that is a bad investment. So in essence, there are no bad investment tools. There are only very bad investment calls. That means you buy at a bad time, you make a bad decision, or extremely lousy investment advice. But there is no bad investment tool. You get the idea? But that being said, it's still not exactly easy to avoid bad investment calls or bad investment strategies. Because being in Singapore, being digitally connected, you're bombarded by everyone. Some people tell you, you know, property is good. Some people tell you, oh, stock market is good. Personally, I believe in the stock market. Some people tell you that, you know, you should buy some gold and, you know, a long-term savings plan, etc., etc., etc. There are all sorts of tools out there. It's getting crazily complicated. What should we do? How do we avoid bad investment calls? How do we avoid bad investments? Ah, that's the crazy part, right? And so today, I'm going to share with you some tips 
that I thought long and hard of. Because these are not everything. Once again, every podcast I only talk about three topic, uh, three tips, three topics, or three points. You know, doesn't mean that the whole universe only has these three points. I try to pick pointers that are less talked about or has been effective in my personal journey of development. Right? Ultimately, I want to provide you multiple perspectives to look at the same thing. Right, so there are many ways to avoid bad investments, and some people say the best way is not to invest. Which to me, oh my God, that is a bad investment call to begin with, <laughs> because we all understand inflation. Prices are always going up. Your dollar is getting smaller over time. And the day we have decided and agreed that inflation is okay was the day that we need to definitely make our money work harder for us. So, three points. My first point. How do we avoid bad investments? Always remember, you yourself know yourself the best. So the first point is to have clear financial goals. This is super, 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 super important. Because if you do not have a goal, you, you actually don't know where you're trying to go. So you're always being led by your financial advisors, you're always being led by your broker, you're always being led by whoever that knows better and has a financial incentive for you to invest in their product. So they have a sales bias and many a times, if you do not have clear goals, you tend to fall into all these different plans and funds and unit trust and all these different things where people that are selling you have the sales bias. So what do I mean by having clear financial goals? I know it's a little cheesy, many people talk about it, but I'm going to give you three additional sub-pointers to look at how then we create a clear financial goal. These three pointers are, what is your money goal? What is your timeline? And what is the rate of return that you need? Or you will be comfortable for it. So what does a money goal mean? Essentially, there is always a goal, right? Whether you want to get a mortgage, you want to get married, you want to go for higher development, doing a master's, doing a, de- doing a degree, doing a PhD, etc., etc. So there is a goal. And behind this goal is a number. There is a money goal around this thing. There are some financial realities that you need to have. So how much do you need to pay for a mortgage? You know, how many people understand that at 25, at 30, more often than not, I'm not saying everyone, but more often than not, what I observe is nobody knows exactly how much they need for a mortgage unless they are very close to it. It's like, oh, finally, I found a partner. Finally, I want to settle down. So I go to HDB and ask them, how much do I need? Or it's a lot of hearsay. Someone told me that. My relative said that. My cousin said that. You know, nobody actually went to clarify exactly how much I need. So when you do not have clear financial or clear money goal, you will never understand how much you need together to ultimately reach your first payment of your mortgage. You know, how much do you need to actually set up a dream marriage, you know, between you and your partner. You have both of you have a certain marriage in your head. Nobody talks about it. Nobody visits any kind of marriage planner or wedding planner until they're really, really close. So everyone is just kind of saving, saving into a lot of arbitrary things in their head. A lot of arbitrary goals are, oh, one day I will buy a house. One day I need to get married. One day I need to do this. But nobody exactly knows what is the money goal. How much do I actually need? So to have, to have very clear financial goals, first thing you need is the money goal. How much you need based on the thing that you're trying to save for, based on the thing that you're trying to gather for, right? Then you need timeline. 
From now to then, how long? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The reality is, a timeline is never actually always accurate. More often than not, it is not accurate. If I'm 27 this year and I say that I want to get married by 30, that's four years down. But there are so many things that's going to happen through this period, right? But when you set a timeline, you give yourself some targets, you give some clarity to the journey. It makes it so much easier. So if you have five years to go for your marriage, then you know what kind of investment tools you can pick for this five years, right? And then the third point, the third sub point is the rate of return. How much rate of return is comfortable for you and your partner if you're doing like a marriage thing or like a house thing together, right? So to me, having a clear financial goal with these three sub points, what is the ultimate money goal, what is the timeline, and what is the rate of return that I want on this is very, very important. Of course, the rate of return is highly debatable, highly discussed, and we can talk about it over time. Not in this podcast because there's a lot more details as to the kind of rate of return that we look at. But in my head, there are certain tools that I would visit depending on the timeline and the kind of risk appetite for that particular uh, money goal that I have. If my money goal is a million dollars for retirement, that is like 40 years out, you know, 35, 40 years away. So I have a lot of time and I'm willing to take on something that has historically, continuously created new highs, but is decently volatile, like the stock market, right? The S&P 500 has been going up again and again and again and again. The US stock market has been doing really well, consistently innovating, consistently dominating the global business cycle. The US stock market has gone up about 10 to 15% a year for the past 10 years, and historically has been providing about 8 to 10% compounded year on year. That is amazing, great for retirement because I have 40 years to go, right? But every 10 years, there is some sort of dip, there's some sort of you know, volatility involved. And if, if, my, if my timeline for marriage is 5 years, honestly, I will not want to be putting that money in the stock market because in 5 years, how would I know what's going to happen? Because... Because essentially, every we are assuming that every financial crisis happens in a 10-year gap. So within the five years, if it somehow hits one of these, then, you know, my marriage may not be intact. <laughs> so you get the idea. If you have a longer time horizon, you can take on something that is a little bit more volatile, but has a lot more historical impact, like the stock market. If you have a mid-term kind of strategy, maybe you want to look at something like a REITs, R-E-I-T. You know, or if you have a very, very short, like two years, three years, then maybe you should just save. You know, There's only so much you can gather from investing. But either way, having clear financial goals is extremely important to avoid bad investment decisions. Because you don't want to be taking on something that doesn't fit your goal, doesn't fit your risk appetite, doesn't fit your timeline requirement. You get the idea? Cool. Which brings me to my second point, is that 
whatever tool you choose, you got to really, really know it well. I know I've been talking about this for a long time. Reading, reading, reading. It may not be the most exciting thing you hear, but reading is extremely important because it gives you knowledge, it gives you affirmation that you kind of understand the tool and you give you affirmation that, okay, I'm decently happy that I'm going to take on this tool. So emotionally, you're good. Knowledge-wise, you grow and you get some clarity. So to me, that's extremely important, right? Understanding the tool that you choose. But that doesn't mean ultimately you'll be investing on your own. You can choose a professional. You can choose a professional property agent. You can choose a professional broker. You can choose a professional you know, um, money manager, etc. But knowing the tool, understanding what you're trying to do, reading, 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 will then give you that capacity to grill whoever that is trying to be your money manager, your financial advisor. Because with that kind of base and that kind of understanding, you then can choose someone that is legit and they understand, right? Don't just, you know, randomly trust everyone out there. Because people will share with you all sorts of advice, all sorts of tools, and many a times they all have a sales bias. Whether they sell a particular, you know, property program, like a own how many, how many property for free, blah, 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 no money down, you get the idea. Or whether they sell you um, a particular savings plan or whether they are a broker and trying to get you to buy a certain stock. They all have a sales bias and yeah, I think it's quite an issue when many of this financial advice carry a sales bias and when we don't know anything about what we are going into, right? So to me, understanding the tool that you choose is extremely important. Go and read some books, buy some affordable online programs, gives you a lot more clarity, a lot more comfort in terms of then making a decision to use that investment tool to fit your needs, because if you think about it, there is a lot of noise, you know, a lot of news outlets, a lot of people talking to you about, you know, the stock market is going to crash, the stock market is breaking new highs, you know, the mortgage properties, uh, the mortgage rates are going down, property prices are rising, gold prices are, you know, ha a good hedge and, and savings plan is the best, blah, 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 etc, etc. Everyone's going to tell you all sorts of things. And if you don't understand your tool, you get wavered. You know, always getting wavered. It's like, hey, uh, is that true? Hey, is that is that accurate? You know, so I think really understanding the tool you choose, extremely important. No hurry, no hurry, no hurry. Many a times when my friends finally save some money and they, they want to invest, it's, a lot of time it's a rush because everyone has this idea that, you know, start early, you're going to compound and you're going to be that much better and etc, cetera, etc, cetera, which I agree. I agree the power of compounding. I agree that the best time to invest is now, but I'm not saying that you need to rush. Take your time. You want to avoid bad investments? Don't rush. Go and understand the tool you choose. There are tons of books out there. Especially if you're taking a tool that's like has a lot of history, like a real estate or like real estate investment trust or like a stock market, whether it's an index fund, savings plan, mutual fund, hedge fund, whatever thing that you choose, they have a lot of history. They have a lot of things to read, a lot of things to understand. But if you're going to things that are newer, you know, whether it's like the Bitcoin, the crypto market, or some alternative wine investments, ah, then that's the that's the that's the big big question mark, you know, whether are these scams? You know? <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next episode. But today brings me I wanna affirm you my second point is that you really gotta understand the tool you choose. Read, 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 listen, 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 learn, learn, learn before you start. No hurry, you wanna avoid bad investments, learn.
understand that tool that you're going to choose. Which brings me to my third point. Because we have such a long investment horizon, for many of us, 20 over 30 years, we have a long way to go in front of us, especially for our retirement, especially for things like housing, where things like... Uh, yeah, mostly retirement and housing. That's what a lot of people are concerned about. We have a long horizon, 5 years, 10 years, 25, 35 years. So don't be in a hurry to enter any kind of investment tool when it's at its all-time high. That's my third point. Be very careful to enter any kind of investment tool at their all-time high. Why? Because it takes a lot for something to, add, to be at its all-time high to go higher. It's not that it will not. Okay, there's a misconception here. A lot of people think like, you know, I got to buy the next big thing. Like a lot of people tell me, hey, what's the next big stock that you're looking at? I'm like, if you don't understand what's a big boy, you will never be able to find the next big boy. And a lot of people forget that big companies can become bigger. They can grow in scale, they can grow in, scale, they can grow in size. You know, they can acquire, they can M&A, they can go into new business, etc, etc, etc. And property prices can keep going up because more people shift into a particular place, there's more demand for it. You get the idea. But to enter any kind of investment tool, whether is it a property, whether is it bonds, whether is it, you know, mutual funds, or whether is it a stock market, easily accessible investment tools, at their all-time high, it's very risky. Why? Because the downward pressure is a lot higher than the upward pressure. When something is at its all-time high, it needs a lot more push to go even higher. That is historical data. There is probability. There is social perspective. A lot of different elements in it. And I will not go in to break down all these different nuances. There are a lot of research paper around all these. I recommend you take a read at... Uh, the Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, Warren Buffett's teacher, or that's what everyone says. Okay, read the book. I think inside he talks a little bit about you know how do you then be cautious when things are at all time high. And that doesn't mean you stop investing. It just means you gotta deleverage and adjust your portfolio so that you know you're prepared in in the case that there is a there is a downturn, because the reality is that what goes up at its peak. The, the whole market needs to do better before it continues to go up. So downward pressure is a lot, a lot higher. We're going to details in another podcast, okay? I realize that there are a lot of things, and I'm sure many of you are interested. We'll talk about it in another podcast. But that is the rule that I follow, is it? Be very, very careful at an all-time high. No hurry, because we have a long time to go. We have a long horizon. When things are as most expensive, don't need to buy. When you buy the best price, you tend to always make money. When you buy the most expensive price, it takes the next person to pay a higher price for you to make money. Ultimately, there are many ways to avoid bad investment decisions. And I bring you back to my definition. A bad investment essentially is an investment decision that do not meet our financial goals. Which brings me to my first point, is that if you do not have clear financial goals, that is already a formula for bad investments because you don't know where you're heading to brings me to my second point which is if you do not understand the tool that you choose chances are you'll make bad decisions you make bad investment decisions and the third point if it's at an all-time high hold your balls no hurry wait and see okay i hope you learned something today and yeah see ya hey I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. 
knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. I hope you will share what you have gained with people you love and I want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building a community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Email me at thefinancialcoconut at gmail.com or message me on Facebook at The Financial Coconut. I will do my best to address your questions in future podcast series, especially if many people are curious about the same topic. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.